I'm here to be an all-time great. You're now rocking with the best. Perfect yellow, perfect yellow, perfect yellow, perfect yellow. The Lakers repeat back-to-back title. Welcome to the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Oh, he's smoking hot. The latest Laker news. Another great Showtime feed. The greatest Laker show. This is going to be legendary for a long time. This is the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Lakers all day. Go Lakers! What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Big Baby Baby. What's poppin', everybody? It's Big Baby Jonathan here. Welcome to the latest edition of the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. I got a very special guest, Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com. How's it going, Trevor Lane? Thank you for coming on once again. How's it going, man? Oh, no, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, going good. Going good. Just getting excited, ready for the season to get started again, and uh, see if they can go back to back here. Yeah, man. Same here, man. But in today's show, we're going to talk about the Lakers free agency. Did they win free agency? And... Breaking news, Frank Vogel said AD and LeBron's not playing. So first, let's talk about the free agency. So, Trevor Lane, do you think the Lakers won free agency, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I think you can make a really strong argument that they ended up having the best offseason of any of the NBA teams out there, which is mm-hmm. which is pretty ridiculous, right? I mean, mm-hmm. coming off of an NBA championship, that's not the team that's supposed to have the best offseason out of anybody. And you look at uh, landing a guy like a Montres Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, two guys who are uh, in their 20s, fitting Anthony Davis's timeline, 26 and 27 years old, respectively. And these guys uh, are not just a talent upgrade, but again, getting younger as well. That's also not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to be able to get a guy like Montrez Harrell with the mid-level exception. But here we are. I think the Lakers had a heck of an offseason. And on paper, that's key, on paper, because who knows what it's going to look like when it's on the floor. But on paper, I do think uh, they are even better this season, which is a scary thought. Yeah, 100% agree with you. We got Montrez Harold, and everybody was talking about once Montrez Harold signed with Clutch Sports, everybody was talking about, oh, he's going to go to Lakers. I remember that when that news broke, he was signing with Clutch Sports. Everybody was talking about he's going to be Laker. I personally was like, he ain't going to go to Lakers. He'll re-sign with the Clippers, and he surprised me because I thought he was going to re-sign with the Clippers. Here, he turned down more money from the Charlotte Hornets to try to compete for a championship, man. So that just shows you that he wants to win. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Harold had he had an opportunity to get significantly more money in Charlotte, and he said, "No, I'd rather stay in in L.A. be a Laker." And of course, he can hit free agency again next offseason. It's a one plus one deal with a player option after the first year, so that gives an opportunity to go hit free agency after this season. But the bottom line, the Lakers still got him on a very very nice deal. And uh, look, if things work out, maybe he's a guy that they hang on to long term and say, "Look, this is a guy that we can uh, use around Anthony Davis." into the future here yeah 100 percent, man and I, i'm excited for Montrose Harold. he's an underrated passer because i was watching his highlights very underrated passer blocks shots really well his energy on both ends of the floor is tremendous he's gonna bring that spark off the bench let's say we're down eight against utah he can bring that spark off the bench bring that 
toughness, the grit, grind, and all that good stuff, man. I'm excited for it, man. We got some questions for you, uh, Trevor Lane. We got a question for you. Do you think the Lakers need the center or not? Heard Dwayne, Demon, John Henderson. So what do you think about that? Uh, do they need another center? Well, I, I mean, I guess it's kind of a moot point because they can't really sign anybody else. They don't have another roster spot, at least for right now. For right now, because they are under a hard cap, they can't sign anybody else. They don't have enough room under the hard cap to add another veteran minimum salary. That will change during the season. There's going to be a point during the season where the veteran minimum will be prorated for the remainder of the season, and it'll get down to a low enough number to where they can add that 15th player. For right now, they're full. Um, however, Quinn Cook, he, uh, the report is that his deal is non-guaranteed. So in theory, if they look at everything at training camp and they just say, gosh, we need one more rim protector, maybe they could waive Quinn Cook, although they just brought him back after waving him a few weeks ago. That would just be mean. Um, so I I get it. I understand the concerns. I've seen those questions a lot from Lakers fans that, that are a little bit confused as to why the Lakers don't have that true shot-blocking center that we saw last season with both JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. I think Frank Vogel will have ways to scheme around it, and for right now, they're comfortable heading into the season as is. If it becomes a major detriment to their team, I trust Rob Palenka to make the moves to land whoever they need to. But for right now, I'm going to believe that they've got the roster that they need to start the season. Yeah, 100% agree with you. And everybody's um, sharp asked about the center. We got um, Devonta Kaycock and Giannis' brother. I forgot to pronounce his first name. But he's, he could play, yeah, Kofis. He could play center too, so wouldn't be surprised if Lakers throw him out there during preseason because Lakers have a lot of talent. They got Horn Tucker, Devonta Kaycock, Giannis's brother. I'm excited to see what Frank Vogel is going to do with these young guys because AD and LeBron ain't playing on Friday. Wouldn't be surprised if they set out the all the rest of the preseason games and leading into the regular season. So how do you feel like these young guys, like Devonta Kaycock, Horn Tucker, are going to thrive under Frank Vogel this season? I mean, Devontae Kaycock showed out very, very well in the G League last season. He was first team all G League. So this is a guy that could come help you on the boards. Mm -hmm. um, not a traditional shot blocker like a JaVale or Dwight. Uh, so you're not really fitting that skill set there. But he can he can protect the rim a little bit. He's just not a guy who's going to go out and block two-plus shots a game or anything. The Lakers aren't going to lead the league in block shots next season the way the, the roster is currently constructed, and they did last season. But Kaycock can do some good things for you on the boards. His skill set is a little bit duplicated already by Montrez Harrell, but he's still a guy who can step in and help. Now, he is on a two-way contract, so there's some limits as far mm -hmm. as how much you can use him. But, uh, but I think he's an interesting one to keep an eye on. And the guy that I really like, that I am super excited about, Taylor Horton Tucker, I'll tell you. I was excited about THT coming out of the bubble. I thought he looked pretty good there. Pretty clear that he's very young. He just turned 20 years old. His games needed refinement. But I talked to Jared Dudley a few weeks ago, and Dudley said Taylor Horton Tucker was dominating people in their practices in the bubble, and that mm -hmm. caught my attention. I went, wow, okay, so he's, he's on a veteran team. And the word being used is dominant in practices. And I, you know, I'm trying to temper my expectations here. But Dudley said, no, I'm expecting this kid to play 15 to 20 minutes a night because he's going to earn that kind of role. And then two days ago, Frank Vogel was raving, or maybe it was yesterday, was raving about THT and and what he's done. He said he's kicking everyone's butts in, in training camp, and he's so impressed with him. I think the Lakers could have something really good here. And it, we could, you know, a lot of people write him off he could be a big part of the rotation this next season. And I'd be really excited if they could have a young talent like that coming up. Yeah, Horn Tucker, there's there's glimpses of it in the playoff game versus Houston. Came in, mm -hmm. shot a mid-range, played that defense. If Frank Vogel just says, all right, 
Horn. So go out there, play your game. You'll be all right. You know he's very talented. He's a he could play the wing, he could play that defense, and he's gonna thrive under LeBron, AD. So I really excited for him, and also excited for uh, Devonta Kaycock too. Love his game, his energy. You know he's like a mini version of Dwight with the intensity on both ends of the floor. You know, and uh, Lakers tried it. Lakers tried it, man. Uh, why couldn't the Lakers get Dang off the books? So the Luol Dang contract, it would be really nice, obviously, if they've been able to remove that $5 million cap hit off the books for this coming season and then next season. That's right. It's still on the books for another season. Um, they did wave and stretch him, and that's why you're seeing this get um, continue to, st to stick on their books. But uh, the reason why is because the N the Lakers tried to argue that he suffered a career-ending injury, mm -hmm. and that was why he should be removed. And something actually was successfully done with Timothy Mozgov and, and the Orlando Magic. They successfully argued that he had suffered a career-ending injury and got his salary off their books. So the Lakers said, well, let's give this a shot. The challenge, though, was that Dang later went to the Timberwolves mm. and played for them. He didn't play a lot, but he played for them. And so that sort of negates the argument that he had suffered a career-ending injury because clearly his career did not end. Um, it was still worth a shot, but the NBA ultimately ruled against them. So that money is on the books for this year and then will be on the books for next year as well. And then it falls off. Hey, we got a, a Laker fan in the comments. <laughs> Clipper Darrow, what's up, man? Thank you for coming <laughs> on. Thank you for coming on, man. You know, we got Jim Buss. Yeah, Jim Buss, um, that was the year that we were struggling, Mozgov contract, but at least we got rid of Mozgov. But with that contract, we can't even trade it and attach it to other players. If we trade, like, let's say, hypothetically, we trade Kuzma, we can't take that contract of Dang and trade it with somebody else. So Dang's contract just has to go through and just, once it expires, it expires. That's crazy. You know, who would have thought that? You yeah, know? it's it's dead cap. And that was that was the decision the Lakers made. When they waived him, they waived him, and then they stretched that salary out in order to create more cap space. That's the downside is is you're going to be dealing with that salary for a longer period of time, mm -hmm. although you don't have to deal with the, the massive cap hit of waving the player in, in under just the normal length of their contract. So it's a good tool to use, but again, you do kind of feel the sting for a bit longer. Yeah, man, it's all good, but I trust Rob Plink in this front office. They're going to work their magic. They tried, but they're going to do it again. And uh, let's get into some NBA stuff. Um, who, For you, in your opinion, who is the toughest challenge for the Lakers coming into the new season? Uh, well, I mean, if Clipper Daryl's commenting, I don't think we can say the Clippers, right? <laughs> no, no, but um, in all seriousness, I do think the Clippers are going to be a, a very solid opponent once again. They were very good. I mean, for much of the season, people were pointing to the Clippers and saying that's the favorite to win the NBA championship. I think if they can get their – their heads on right. They can get the chemistry fixed. Maybe Ty Lue can help with that. Um, if they can do that, they're going to be tough. Serge Ibaka is a nice fit for them, of course. Um, they still have some very, very strong pieces. Nicholas Batum is a guy that they added as well um, that can do some things on the wing. So they're going to be a tough out. I think they're probably still going to be the number one competitor in the Western Conference. And then out in the East, you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, the pieces they've added with Drew Holiday coming in. They certainly didn't get any weaker uh, and then you've got a couple of teams that are going to be on the rise there. You know, the Boston Celtics, as they get older, as those guys mature with Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown, you got to imagine they're going to be a handful as well. So there's some strong teams this season. Um, it's going to be a dogfight, but it's going to be a lot of fun too. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. But the Clippers, um, I still don't trust them because when they had Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, CP3, all those guys, they got hyped up. For me, in my personal opinion, they 
just don't know how to don't I know they got winning culture winning players there but they can never come together when it matters the most Paul George stinking up the joint game seven Kawhi Leonard he should be held accountable for that you know and I tell Clipper Darrell he needs to be held accountable you know you know I'm tired of the Clippers man you know I, I'm just, you know I'm just tired of them they're always you know they they're trying to get one of these but they ain't man you know but overall I got Clippers being competitive. I even like I even got um Denver, Utah, you know, even Golden State's gonna be a tough battle. You know, try to win another championship, it's gonna be tough. Two thousand nine was a tough to win the championship. Two thousand ten, back to back, you know, anytime you try to win the back to back it's gonna be tough. You know, but I have all the faith in the world and confidence in my Lakers and uh in my personal opinion, I would not be surprised if LeBron James sits out most of the games this season. So do you think the Lakers should load management LeBron this season? I think they will to some degree. And there's been so Frank Vogel and LeBron James have both kind of softened their stance on this. If you pay attention to their interviews, they've done recently um, just saying that they're going to be smart about it. Frank Vogel, his, his DNA though, is if a player's healthy, he wants to play them because he wants that chemistry building and he wants those, the players on the floor to go through struggles together to go through it during the regular season. So when you get to the playoffs, you've been in the foxhole with these guys for multiple games for you know the entire season and you've dealt with adversity and then when you find it in the playoffs you're better equipped to deal with it that's more that's frank vogel's methodology i do think that because you're seeing one a quick turnaround Mm -hmm. and two a condensed game schedule that there's going to be some times though where you have to play it smart and that Mm -hmm. means that might mean resting lebron james uh, the NBA did just update their policy, though. They've reiterated do not rest guys on nationally televised games, and the Lakers have more nationally televised games than anybody else. But I still think they're going to find ways to try to make sure LeBron is healthy. He only missed four games last year. I would be surprised if he doesn't miss more than that this year because they're going to have to do a few things just to make sure that he stays as healthy as possible for the playoffs. Yeah, 100% agree. About that a new policy, like, let's say if it's Lakers, Brooklyn Nets, AD sits up. They get fine, but it won't. they won't be tripping if it's less teams like the Kings and they sit out against the Kings. So I kind of understand that. But if you're not feeling good, if you're injured, sit out. You know, they may have to take – Lakers might have to take a couple fines this season. You know, and I'm okay with that if LeBron's – you know, to get LeBron healthy because he only touched the basketball, I think, twice during – after they won the championship. So LeBron said he was sore after his first practice, second practice. Yeah. So – I'm excited to see what LeBron's going to do in his 18th season. You know, we got a lot of pre- a lot of pressures on us to win one of these. We're getting doubted again, not surprising, and we're going to win it again, in my opinion. But real quick, what are the odds, in your opinion, Kuzma's on this team leading into the trade deadline? Um, I mean, I, I think heading into the trade deadline, he probably is still on the team. I think they've got a role in mind for him. Rob Palenka talked about him being more of that wing defender. It sounds like we're going to see more small forward from Kyle Kuzma. Um, so I think that he'll still be around, but I do kind of wonder if there's a breaking point. You know, he's not, the minutes aren't here. The shots aren't here for him to really put up the numbers he needs to get his next big contract. So I wonder if something does kind of break at some point and Kuzma says, look, I, I kind of need to go somewhere else i need to be the first or second guy on a team that's not quite as good and that's going to give me an opportunity to really shine it it feels like an awkward fit right now i would love to see kyle kuzma stick around i still believe in his skill set but um i don't know it it feels like it's going to be tough given what he needs to do to get a new contract for next offseason and uh what the lakers need him to do yeah me too man i I expect him to stay here but if he does get traded i feel like he'll have that like d'angelo russell type of improvement you know how when D'Angelo Russell got traded to Brooklyn he shined and 
all that. I feel like Kuzma's going to do that. I feel like Kuzma just needs to have an opportunity to start. Because I was watching highlights earlier today. Kuzma was balling out when he was starting with the Lonzos, the Brandon Ingrams, the Jordan Clarkson. He was balling out, you know. He was fitting really good under Luke Walton's system, you know. So I wouldn't be surprised if we chain him, but I feel like he should get his starting role. You know, let's just see. Frank Vogel, start Kuzma and see what happens. You know what I mean? I mean, if he if there's a spot for him, then I'm sure Frank Vogel would have no problem with that. The the issue is Kuzma is what he's probably a three or a four. Mm-hmm. That's LeBron is your three and Anthony Davis is your four. He's not starting over either of those guys. So mm-hmm. if you want to go with a supersized lineup and run him at the two, mm-hmm. maybe if you feel like you can get away with that, but that's not going to work in every single matchup. So that is just inherently the challenge is you know your two best players play the two spots that Kyle Kuzma can play. So that's. That's a difficult challenge to overcome. Yeah, it is, but I feel like Kuzma's going to shine this season. He's hearing the hate. He's literally hearing everything that fans are saying about him. He made that Puma commercial, so it's going to see what he's going to do. You know what I mean? It, and then I want Kuzma to play good this season, man, because he's a great talent, you know? He's great talent. So, you know, let me see here. we got some. Let me see. Oh, we got a question from Out of Bounds Sports Podcast. They are finding players if they're healthy and sit, I heard. Yeah, so that's and that's an important distinction to make. The NBA is not saying we want people to play hurt. That's mm-hmm. not, and they're not saying if you're sick, they're not saying don't don't go play while you're sick. No, they they don't want that hundred mm-hmm. percent. And that's why you may see some teams that say you know oh he's got back spasms or oh he's got a sore shoulder or something. You know, mm-hmm. see some stuff pop up on the injury report that might be a little bit questionable, right? When players mm-hmm. need a little bit of rest, but they're not going to find a, a team for playing a guy that is legitimately injured or, or not playing a guy that's legitimately injured mm-hmm. uh, what they're talking about is a team a, a team just saying okay well we're gonna rest this guy and we're gonna choose to rest him on a big nationally televised game lakers versus bucks mm-hmm. thursday night on tnt and they and the lakers say oh well lebron's not playing the nba doesn't want that they lost mm-hmm. lost enough money with covid mm-hmm. last season they can't have stars sitting out in the marquee matchups. The ratings will plummet. So that's what they're trying to make sure. They're saying, look, if you're going to rest a guy, do it on a on a Wednesday night when they're playing the Sacramento Kings. Don't do it for the big marquee matchup on national TV. Yeah, I 100% agree. But, like, why? Like I understand. But if LeBron's aching and injured and, and let's say, Bucks and Lakers – He's gonna have to sit out, you know. He's not, you know. what I mean, so yeah. it's gonna be crazy. He's sitting. And that's yeah, fine. he's yeah, and same here. And uh, how do you think the travel this year is gonna be due to the new COVID thing around the world? So how do you think the travel is gonna be this year? For the um, in, in some in some ways, it's better, and I kind of like it. Um, so if you looked at the schedule, mm-hmm. what they've done is they've made it so that uh, let's say San Antonio, for example, mm-hmm. if you're going to go to San Antonio, what you would do in previous years is you mm-hmm. would go to San Antonio, you travel there in November, and then you would travel there again in say February, right? That mm-hmm. that might be how the schedule breaks down. Um, and that was so you know, hey, if if a player is out a particular week or whatever, mm-hmm. this guy sprains his ankle, then the fans have a chance to see them the next time they come to town. Uh, but now what they're doing because of COVID, they want to try to limit the travel as much as possible. So now it's, okay, we're going to take one trip to San Antonio. You're going to play the, Sp- the Spurs twice while you're there. Mm. And, that, and then you're done. And then you don't have to go back. And so I think that actually helps out quite a bit. It's something that I wouldn't mind seeing carry over. I, I understood the argument why you would have it the original way. But mm-hmm. the more and more we look into it, the more and more the science tells us that the excessive travel that the, the lack of quality and quantity of sleep that traveling creates is really detrimental and that it, it creates a much more likely environment for catastrophic injury. And so I think if this were something the NBA to adopt, 
permanently, it, it could be a, a good thing for, for the league, for the players, for their health moving forward. So I think the travel is going to be a little bit easier this season in that regard. And I think that's definitely a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing, man. And we got a couple questions. Lakers played well by packing the roster. So LeBron AD. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree with that question right there. You know, take the load right. off of him. So, And that's that's the appeal of adding, say, a Dennis Schroeder, which is a skill set the Lakers didn't have as far as having somebody else that can get into the paint. That was that was only on LeBron. That was his mm-hmm. and his burden to bear was to get mm-hmm. into the paint and collapse the defense. Now you've got Schroeder who can do those things as well. And so I think that by adding a player like that, you are lightening the load on him and and probably increasing his longevity. So they have done they have gone out of their way to add pieces that are not only going to help LeBron and Anthony Davis win, but help them stay healthy. Yeah, hundred percent, man. But uh, how do you do? On in your opinion, do you think Dennis Schroeder is going to start? Or do you think he's going to come off the bench? I think he does start. Uh, I mean, either way, he's getting a lot of minutes. Frank Vogel has told us that much already. Either way, he's getting a lot of minutes, whether he starts or comes off the bench. He wants the the prestige of starting, right? He's going into a contract year, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to go into a contract year as a bench player. He doesn't want to be seen as a bench player. And regardless of, you know, we can argue, well, there's been tons of guys who have been the sixth man who still have mm-hmm. tons of value, get good contracts. The bottom line is it still matters to NBA teams that they start. From the Lakers' perspective, I really think they need him with the bench unit, though. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. need that guy that can create offense when LeBron is out, and that's clearly Dennis Schroeder. So what I anticipate happening is something where Schroeder starts, maybe plays a short stint, and then you see him come back on when LeBron goes out, and so he can rack up minutes. And I think really the bench unit, with Schroeder in it, that's going to be his opportunity to really put up a lot of counting stats and for his usage rate to go way up. Because it's not going to, he's not going to get the opportunities when mm-hmm. LeBron's on the floor, when AD's on the floor. So the best case scenario for Schroeder is that he starts, but he gets a ton of minutes with the bench because that's going to allow him to one have that prestige of being a starter, and two still put up the big counting stats that he's going to want to have heading into free agency next offseason. So that's the way I I see th- things playing out right now. Yeah, me too, man. Um, so I would I would try lineup of Dennis Shooter, Kuzma at shooting guard, LeBron small forward, power forward, um, Montrose Harold and AD at center, just to see that lineup. Just see, you know, Frank Vogel can implement a bunch of starting um, lineups during his preseason. You know, it's going to be a crazy, crazy season for the Lakers, man. I'm excited. And um, real quick, let me see here. Okay, real quick. Um, Lakers re-sign Anthony Davis five years, 195 million. Mm-hmm. LeBron re-signs two years extension. So, in your when you saw LeBron re-signing for the two-year extension, because there's reports about AD taking a one plus one for Giannis, and once LeBron signed that two-year yeah. extension, I knew that we were we're out of the running for Giannis. So, tell us what you think. Yeah, I mean they they essentially are in terms of salary cap space. They never had a max contract available, but you could argue well they mm-hmm. could have gotten kind of close and things like that. There is still a sign and trade option that's mm-hmm. available here where they could work something out there. So that's still a possibility, but again, pretty unlikely right now. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you've got LeBron locked up, you've got LeBron, Anthony Davis locked up. The the Anthony Davis thing we expected, we didn't expect 5 years, mm-hmm. but we expected him to stick with the Lakers, the LeBron extension was the surprise that that caught everybody off guard that came out of the blue. But the good thing for the Lakers is now they have certainty. Mm-hmm. Now moving forward, you know, you are building your team around LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which is a hell of a place to start from. 
So this this gives them that kind of certainty to construct mm-hmm. the roster from here on out. And that's a real luxury to have. So while we can say, yes, maybe they you know, would have been nice if they could have chased a third star next summer or, or next offseason, I should say. But I still think what they got in terms of the certainty now of building out their roster around these two guys is really valuable. Yeah, 100%, man. And once LeBron retires, we're building around AD, you know, because I really personally thought AD was going to sign one plus one, and then Giannis was going to come and we're going to build a big three. But I'll take AD for five more years and LeBron for two more years. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So um, in your opinion, um, what would it take for LeBron James to be the greatest Laker of all time? He can't. I mean, that's that's just my honest opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything he can do to be – to become mm-hmm. the greatest Laker of all time because that is Kobe and mm-hmm. he's not, he's just, he's not passing Kobe. And I grew up as a Magic Johnson fan, mm. right? And I'm, and I'm Kobe and mm-hmm. Kobe's the greatest Laker ever. Kobe has, has two decades, 20 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Given the amount of time LeBron has left, I don't see anything he can do. I mean, you could say, well, if he won, you know, MVPs, if he wins championships from here on out, all of that, sure. But Kobe Bryant, the two decades, it's not going, I don't think it's going to change that. In my mind, maybe my opinion on that would change if LeBron goes on this just insane tear, passes the scoring record, uh, mm-hmm. passes Kareem's scoring record, plays till he's 40 or whatever. Maybe that's a discussion we can have. But just within the realm of reality, what we're seeing right now, I'm going to say I don't I don't see him dethroning Kobe as the greatest Laker ever. No, LeBron's not. Le- Kobe Bryant's the greatest Laker of all time, and Kobe will always – be the greatest sticker of all time. I know that people say Magic. I know people say Kareem. You know, but me, Big Baby Jonathan's opinion, Kobe Bryant. And speaking of Kobe, who do you think should speak at Kobe Bryant's Hall of Fame? Um, I mean Rob Palenka. I, I think for sure he should mm-hmm. he should be one of the speakers there as, as his best friend, mm-hmm. as his agent, as such a big part of the Lakers organization now. Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at the uh, the memorial at mm-hmm. Staples Center back in February, right before all the COVID stuff uh, really mm-hmm. started going crazy. And Michael Jordan's speech was was incredible. He's another one that I would love to hear talk about Kobe again. Um, yeah, I mean, those are those are the, the names that I'd be, be looking to hear from. Uh, I think one that we didn't hear from that day, though, that I would like to would be Powell. Mm. You know, Powell didn't give up and, and get up and give a speech. He was there. He was in attendance, but he didn't speak. So mm. I'd love to hear Powell speak as well yeah me too i would love to hear Powell speak vanessa bryant you know mm-hmm. magic johnson michael jordan so there's so many players and former players gonna be able to speak but i feel like you gotta let vanessa bryant go first you know let her go first let her speak and then you go to the list down you know what i mean it's that- gonna be it's gonna be very emotional that night it's gonna be very emotional once again you know it's it's unfortunate, you know, that Kobe's in the Hall of Fame, but he's not here to celebrate with Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett. It's unfortunate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was that's a moment where I still, even just thinking about it now, my, the hairs on my arm are standing mm-hmm. up right now. I'm getting goosebumps because I'm remembering the Vanessa Bryant speech. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was in, at the time, I, the entire building was just in disbelief that she was the first speaker up at his memorial and that she spoke for so long and mm-hmm. with so much power given what she was going through that was absolutely incredible and an unforgettable moment of just just pure strength in the in the face of an absolutely devastating devastating event yeah it was very devastating sad and you know 
It's unfortunate that we don't get to see Kobe at his Hall of Fame, man. You know, mm -hmm. it's unfortunate, you know. Life is too short, man, so count your blessings, you know, and pr pray to God each and every day. And Trevor Lane, um, before you get up on your guilt, go ahead and tell him about your social media and tell him about your show that you have on YouTube. Sure, yeah. So, so you guys can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. I handle all the video content for Lakers Nation, which means I do videos every single day on the Lakers, just breaking down things, going over the news, all that kind of stuff. And we also do a live show right now. It's twice a week. And we go live Mondays and Thursday nights at 8 o'clock Pacific time. But once the games start up, it converts to a post-game show. And so we do a post-game show right after every single game. Mm -hmm. You guys can hop on and chat Lakers basketball directly with us. We take all of your questions and comments from YouTube, from Periscope, and from Facebook. And all you got to do is go under the Lakers Nation accounts there, and you can follow along with us. Again, we go live as soon as the game ends, and that's going to be starting up this Friday with the first preseason game. Yep. Trevor Lane, thank you for coming on, and thank you guys for listening to us. Thank you so much. Have a good night, everybody. Go Lakers. Have a See ya.